Hello world, it's Ali. And I'm Jordan. And together, we're pretty sure never clueless. Ali's chasing sunsets in Madrid, while I'm chasing double-decker buses in London. Join us on this podcast adventure as we navigate life's twists and turns. We're pretty sure we've got it figured out, but never truly clueless. Welcome back to Pretty Sure Never Clueless, episode eight. Yay! We made it. Pretty exciting. Who would have thought? Not me eight weeks ago or however long it was. Me neither. (laughs) Exciting. Yeah. Exciting. So exciting. So how are you? How was your week? Yeah, I'm doing really good. I'm feeling great. Since we last spoke, um, not too much has happened for my job. I do interviews and content for this kind of business. And so we've just basically been preparing for a massive uh, two different events all in one location next week in DC. So I've just been really preparing for that the last couple of weeks. Exciting. Yeah, it's super exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And um, pretty much besides that, I had a really fun sleepover again with two of my girlfriends. Fun. Yeah, I, I always, always a good time. Always just good to get with your gals and cry and laugh and, you know, all those things. So it was so nice. It was the last. Did you guys cry? Yeah, I, there's always tears. There's always tears with us. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. wow. That's insane. Yeah, we always, we, it's always like deep chats, always sort of like an emotional kind of, I don't know, tumble of feelings and good advice. So it's always good to see them. That's so cute. Yeah, it's really sweet. It was basically where um, I mentioned a couple of weeks back, I I had a sleepover with another friend. So whenever I go out there now, because it's quite far from where I live, pretty much I try to see both of my friends. So I ended up having a sleepover one night and then going to have dinner with my friend and her partner who's back from Greece. So really nice. Yeah. So that's pretty much me. What about you? Well, I have to just follow up on what I said last week. Oh. Which was that I was going to start reading. I started reading and finished a book. Oh, claps for you. What book? Yes, I'm proud of myself. Um, It's called The Silent Patient. Okay. It's kind of like a, I guess like a psychological thriller kind of thing. Not super psychological thriller, but sort of along that vibe, I guess. Yeah, I'm not going to say too much just in case someone else wants to read it. But uh, I'll just say it was basically on the back cover. It's about a woman who kills her husband and then she just goes silent. So it's about how they figure out what happened and why and et cetera. So yeah, very, very like... What would you rate it? I mean, it wasn't like a work of art, but it was super entertaining and that's what I look for. You know, I just look for something that's going to keep me hooked and I read it in like two days or three days. So yeah, for me, good. That's that's all I ask for. I love it. I love it. Are you trying to do like one book a week? No, I probably that's like very ambitious, but I do have two other books ready to go. Okay. And oh, yeah, that's the thing is, okay, so when you read a book and you really like it and it's like a page turner. Yeah. Then when you start another book and it has a different author and a different writing, you know, a different writing style. Yeah. It's hard to get into the other flow once you've already been so, I'm not saying the other two are bad, but it's just like, it's a different vibe. So I'm like, I feel like I need a break between that one and the next ones. Yeah. Shifting. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, so I, I I mean, I have two more that I want to read, but haven't gotten to that yet. Nice. Well done. But apart from that, well, as you know, I was in France. Yes. Yeah, I went to France for four days in a town called, I'm going to butcher this because it's French, Annecy. So it's like, oh, okay. like Annecy. Oh, yeah, okay. it's in the Alps, probably like about, I think it's one and a half hours from Lyon, an hour from Geneva. So right in the middle. And uh, yeah, spent the weekend in nature with my friend and her boyfriend. It looked, your pictures and videos looked incredible. I've never wanted to go to France more, honestly, since seeing those videos. Yeah, it was so, that's all I asked for for, from that weekend was just to be relaxing. Wait, can I just pause and tell the audience that Ali just really cutely like baby (laughs) clapped in silence for herself? (laughs) I've never seen someone do that. Like a slow baby clap. Love it. Yes. Love that. So it's cute. I'm clapping because I had the weekend that I wanted, you know, friend time and nature and just relaxing and like, I wasn't off the grid, but you know what I mean? One of those weekends where you're not really like on the grid. I don't know. It was just a very slow paced. 
your your yeah your your presence. It's like it's like yes. it's like you in the woods, like or your yes. your cabin situation. Exactly. I love that. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, and so yeah, I came out of that weekend just feeling grateful. My friend who lives there, she is one of my best friends. We met back in 2017. She lived in Madrid, and then in 2019 or 2020, she moved to London met a, a guy and then they moved to France together and now she's been living her best life in the Alps in France for yes I guess three years now or almost three years yeah yeah it was really nice to see her and I just feel like I don't know I had a moment of reflection about how different friendship can be and I mean I've known her for what six years now so it's just I took a moment to reflect on how much friendship can change yeah. And even though I feel like we're both in like different spaces and our friendship is in a different space from where it was when we both lived in Madrid. I don't know. I still just felt really grateful for having her as a friend. And I don't know. I just felt reflective on how friendship can change as you become an adult. Yeah, it must it must be nice to I know like with you, I've gotten to experience obviously the evolution of us living in different places and different stages of our life. And I think it's cool to yeah, actually get to see and live the way they live and just see how they've evolved and what their life is like. And you sort of appreciate, I think you can, I think you're able to appreciate what you still have, regardless of the shift that happens when people move away and live in different spaces. Yeah. And now she's just very like, you know, boyfriend up where she's just in her relationship with her boyfriend, which is like what everyone wants for their friend is to have you know, a different type of love in their life. So, yeah, it was super cute. And I'm just like excited for her in this new chapter where, you know, she's living with her boyfriend and they're just in it, you know? Yeah, that's so nice. Are they going to, do they plan to live there forever? I don't know. Right now, I feel like they're both very happy there, you know, just on adventure time together. So, yeah, it was super cute. It's really cool. But yeah, I, I don't know. It just made me think about how to accept friends as they change, you know, yeah. and just kind of let them evolve and I don't know. It's just something to reflect on, I guess. Mm, yeah, I like that. But I also was thinking about our friendship also and how our friendship, I feel like, has also gone through, you know, stages, I guess. I think there was times when you first moved to London. I think it was when you were in school that we talked a bit less. For sure. Yeah. And like we not I wouldn't say we went months without talking, but we definitely had like months where we were like in less communication. You know what I mean? It was like, you know, you have like that superficial communication of like liking each other's stuff on Instagram and sending a random meme and stuff like that. But it wasn't like how it's been for like maybe the past two years where we talk like every week on FaceTime. You know what I mean? Yeah. I actually think that started because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Where we both were alone a lot. And yeah, true. Even I had a partner, but he didn't live with me. And so it was very much us just talking to each other, doing Zoom calls and stuff. However, I, I think you remember it slightly differently. Because I think we still communicated a lot. I think we saw each other a little bit more frequently. I remember going to Madrid within the first year that I had been here. But that was once. And then you didn't come for like five years. Yeah. No, no, that's that part's true. <laughs> but but <laughs> but interesting. And I do know, you know, I told you earlier, there, I think it was two episodes ago or last episode, whatever it was. You had said, you know, I'm one of your only friends that you FaceTime. And I said to you, mm -hmm. I'm not really somebody who does a lot of communicating on the phone so much. My friend, uh, Sophia, who who may be listening to this because she's like the real MVP of supporting this Yay. podcast. Love you, girl. But um, love you. I just remember when we first became friends and then we were friends for a bit. She would always be like frustrated that I wasn't texting her back or texting every day. Yeah. And she had to learn that that's not really my style, especially when people are like in my immediate vicinity or city. I don't really text my friends all day long. I just don't have yeah. that communication. And honestly, I don't think so. I think that's why we didn't have that communication because I didn't have that with anyone. Yeah, that's fair. You know, but yeah. I think COVID definitely we relied on each other a lot more as a support on this side of the world. And so we kept each other entertained a lot of the time and, mm -hmm. and it just kind of cascaded we still go weeks sometimes not weeks but there's still some weeks where we haven't talked in a week yeah not now because we're doing this so yeah. we're obviously much more involved and we tried to do some other business stuff together in the past so we've had those those moments I think as well yeah. where we talked more but we definitely still have had even in these last three years periods where we don't talk 
always, you know? Yeah, true. Yeah. But that's just because it's not for me. Not, not, sorry. It's not, not for me, but you know. It's not natural to you. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of made me get used to it. And then I try to do it more with people now, other people, other friends. Yeah. I have like one friend that I talk to her every single, pretty much every day in text messages about random stuff and send like a voice note of like, oh my God, this thing happened. So annoying, like little insignificant things throughout the day, you know? But yeah, it's, yeah, it's just respecting friends and how their communication styles are of like, okay, so we're not that person. I was going to, I was going to say, were you ever, because I think this is telling to why I'm not like this, but were you ever super into those Snapchat uh, streaks? No, okay, you never that were. was like way younger than that. As I no, think. it wasn't. Are you serious? <laughs> I've never met anyone besides my brother who is 13 years younger than me. That does Snapchat streaks. So I'm shocked that I was shocked that Snapchat is still used by the younger generation because I thought it stopped. Yeah. There was a point where we started to use it. And like my friend Sophia, at that time when I had moved here, it was still really big. And so many people were doing these streaks. I couldn't even do one. I used Snapchat, but I didn't do a streak. And I never knew what streaks are until my brother. I saw him one time when I went home for Christmas. And he was like, oh, I just got to set a streak because I can't let it die. And I'm like, what the heck is a streak? You know what it is, though? It's because you've lived in Madrid so long that it did not reach, I don't think, as Maybe intense. Not. I think it, uh, like I said, I think it reached the younger generation in Spain, at least. It, I yeah. use Snapchat for sure and definitely talk to, you know, the F boys on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a few pictures or two. I don't know. No, no, no. Just like, you know, those kind of guys just only communicate through Snapchat because it's not permanent because they're gross. Yeah. Anyway, but okay, interesting. Well, that was, I was curious. Not not a streak girl. Me neither. I don't I don't streak either. So <laughs> I don't think I've ever streaked either. No, I literally like that doesn't even sound fun. I would be maybe in my underwear for sure in my underwear. It's just not streaking. Man. I know exactly. I'm a I'm an underwear only streaker, but in the nude, have you never? skinny dipped either i don't like the feeling of everything flopping around it does not i'm sorry but that is not peak you know i don't feel like peak freedom human experience in my yeah. uh in my nudity it's like i love going to there. sleep with a, a lovely t-shirt on but do i want to sleep See, naked? Skinny dipping? that's in the water yeah but you just feel the like come on i got boobs my boobs are flipping up and down so? like so you would never go topless in europe then <laughs> i you know i've done uh topless because you took a picture of so? me, but I like—I don't like to do it around anyone I know. I'll do it for fun, especially okay. only if I'm vertically laying flat. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I feel—I feel weird. I did it with you once, but only you saw my back, and then I put my top back on. That doesn't count then. And then that was I for did a pic. It, yes, but then I did that once. like you laying out. I did it once in Ibiza with my friend, like a couple summers ago. We were at our pool, and we were like, "Fuck it, should we do it?" And we did it, so. <laughs> but we kind of didn't look at each other. It. It, was, it was stressful. I was, we were kind of like, okay. Oh. I'm like way too American for that. It's just like ingrained in me. Yeah. It's, it's so not natural. I feel like, yeah, Americans are just not as body confident. But then there's some girls who, who really don't care. I think it's just like a societal thing. Where it's not like that we're not com- confident. It's just like in public. It's like. It's so funny because Americans can be so conservative with some things and then so the opposite with other things. It's not all grand. It's true. You can wear like the smallest skirt that's like right above your cheek. And then you're like, oh, wait, I got to go. I got to show the full cheek. No, no. Can't do that. So crazy. I know. We're, we're silly. I know. Not on brand. No. <laughs> do you want to get into our topics for this week? Do you have anything you want to share yeah, so yeah, I got a couple things. Well, I, I'll I'll probably mention these first two, and then you can go with your first one after, just because they're based off of what happened uh, last week when I was with my friends. Two different days, so just a couple things that really funny things, and then it made me think a little bit. But um, so the other day when I had my sleepover, we decided to do like a Mexican meal mm-hmm. for dinner, something kind of healthy. And um, I volunteered to make the guacamole because I am a guacamole professional. I'm telling you, I'm very good. And so my other friend chimed in and was like, oh, I'm really good too. So I said, oh, we should have a guac off. So we did just that. It was very funny. I pre-prepared my my guacamole because I had a couple of secret ingredients 
that really elevate the game aren't aren't in your traditional um, recipe. And then um, my other friend did hers at our friend's house and our friend had told her not to get avocados. She was like, oh yeah, don't worry, I, I already have them. So we were in the kitchen and we were preparing some of the food and I looked up at this bowl that she had of lots of different fruits and vegetables and I see mm-hmm. what sort of looked like an avocado um, but but looked like a dried ball sack <laughs> the, at the same time. And I I don't know if I have a picture of it. I, I hope I do. I have never I do. seen an avocado withered to this state before. It was literally this withered ball sack avocado. And I was like, wait, is that the avocado that our friend is supposed to make her walk off with? Because that thing is, that's a gall, like I'm, that that's Gross. expired. And um, so we were kind of laughing and we thought, oh, okay. And then I randomly was like, well, wait, maybe we should just cut into it just to see. Because who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, who knows what's inside of this thing? So we just yeah. did it, cut into it. All three of these rotting, ball sack shriveled avocados were perfect inside. I have what? never seen a more oh. perfect, green, creamy avocado. I could not believe it. Seriously. Where did she get them? So, because I asked that, I was like, what, what is going on with this? So How? she said she had gotten them from this, one of those local, I think it's like a local grocer. It's not an actual grocery. It's like mm-hmm. a liquor store where they sell tons of, of, uh, of like fruits and vegetables outside, like a market almost. Yeah. I think she got 10 avocados for a pound. Wow. So this is my whole point to this basically fascinating story about the ball sack avocados, which is, I was like, what if... These are just grown naturally. These are non non modified because you know has avocados aren't even real avocados. Those are like genetically modified. So I was like, what if all of our food that we eat, like all these vegetables, what if like this is actually what a, a ripe avocado is supposed to look like? And we just are so used to. I mean, okay, I don't think it should look like a ball sack typically. However, I think the the life of ha- like real. Um, non non modified, non like sprayed vegetables and stuff. What if that's like really what our what our food's supposed to look like? It's supposed to last that long, and we're, instead we're using these um, genetically modified where you get them, and even when it's ripe, you have you know like I hate when avocados have that stringy stuff in mm-hmm. inside the avocado, and you it ruins the whole avocado or it goes bad in a couple of days. I'm like, what if it's it's meant to actually like last a long time before it goes bad? I just, that's so interesting. Like our food that we eat, we just eat such effed up food. And I don't know. Just made me think. Yeah. Okay. I have two thoughts on this now. One, yes, probably. Because like everything has been conditioned to make it look more appealing to us now over time. And we're like, oh, that one looks pretty. So it's like everything has to look that way. Otherwise, it's not going to sell. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just like genetically modified things in general are just fascinating how it's come to be what it tastes even the taste how things have changed yeah. you know oh yeah like i just was reading about bananas and how like before they were not as sweet oh. and how we just genetically modified them to become more and more sweet over time and then we only eat the sweet ones now interesting yeah and like it has less fiber and it's just more sugar which is also like so a banana is not even as healthy as it used to be it's just like got the sugar part it doesn't have the fiber to balance out the the natural sugars if you eat organic is that different no Really? Wow. They're still genetically modified. They've still gotten to this point of like being modified to this new creature or whatever, new species of, of banana. Um, bananas. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I'm sure that happens with like everything. I just haven't read about it. And then my second comment on this is how did your friend know to buy that? If I saw like 10 for a dollar or for a pound, I would not have done it. She bought it when it was good. Oh, okay. Wow. And she still had faith in those things. I'm telling you, it looked raw. I threw one of them in the bin. One that I was like, no, for sure not. Maybe these two. Maybe yeah. these two. Maybe there's like something salvageable. When we cut those first two open and they were perfect, I was like, yeah. I have to, I have to. I literally went back in the trash. So I was like, I have to see what's inside this thing. That's insane. Because it was actually rotting on the outside. Like it actually had like mold. And when we cut it, it was the, it was. Gross. Okay, gross. Maybe you shouldn't have eaten that one. No, it was the best one. Stop. But I heard you're not supposed to eat things that have mold on it, even if it looks good. No, but it's the inside. Because that means there's like traces of it. Well, we ate it. We survived. <laughs> I survived. Whatever. It's fine. But I'm just saying it actually was shriveled. But inside it was beautiful. I couldn't believe it. 
So the real moral to the story is don't judge an avocado by its cover. Yeah. Oh my gosh. New saying. <laughs> yeah. We're about we're about to have some avocado animation uh up in our socials. Soon, Can't wait. So. Can't Love wait it. for it. Yeah. A ball sack one. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, so yeah, so that and then I actually weirdly my other my other thing I wanted to comment on was also on food. Yeah. So the next day I went for dinner with my friend. And her and her partner were telling me about how her company mm-hmm. had some, I think it was a heart doctor, come in and do this session with her work. So they basically did like a heart health thing. She talked a lot about nutrition and just like how you have to eat, all these different things that are good for you. And so, of course, like she was talking about lots of different things about our body, but all people really wanted to know was like, what's the best diet that we should do, yeah. you know, which anyone ever cares about. Yeah. This doctor was saying, uh, she was like, no, no one diet is one size fits all for anybody. Yeah. Because each one of us has completely different microbiomes and we process carbs, sugars, fats, all these different things completely differently. Each one of us has like our own unique way. Mm -hmm. So someone might process carbs really well. Someone might process sugars really well. But what she was saying to improve your digestion and to kind of make it more possible and more likely to break down stuff in general, was she said that we need to be having as many diverse microbiomes, Mm -hmm. introduce as many diverse microbiomes in our body as possible. So she suggested that we should technically be introducing 50 different vegetables into our diet a week. Jeez. I know. I don't think I could even name 50 different vegetables. Okay, so I think it's vegetables and fruits. And I said that though. I was like, wait, is there actually 50? But I'm sure there are, but... Even small amounts. It's the introduction of that type of food that your your microbiome helps to flourish and be able to break lots of different things down. The more you can introduce, the better. And so I thought that was like so fascinating. And especially when we eat processed foods, our body... Which is zero. Yeah, exactly. You shouldn't you shouldn't do it at all. It's like not a micro organ. Yeah, there's none in that. No, but it actually destroys a lot of these micro microbiomes. And so you have to eat a lot, introduce a lot to break down that stuff because it ends up, your body doesn't know how to process it. Yeah. Or you don't have the right microbiomes essentially to break it down. Yeah, basically one, obviously don't eat this, but you have to eat like lots of different vegetables if you want to kind of improve what you've already done. Um, so I thought that was really fascinating. And this week, I've actually tried to incorporate as many as I could. I bought a bunch of different vegetables. I had a lot of different fruits. You can also count spices, not individually, but if you if you use different spices, you count that as like one in general, one kind of whole, nice. um, which is cool. I use one, which is cinnamon, on everything. Okay, nice. Yeah, <laughs> that works. But yeah, so I just thought, I thought that was like really fascinating. And how many did you how many did you make it to? I think around thirty microorganisms. Wow, that's good. Yeah, that's close though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like even just in a mixed vegetable. Instead of doing like one vegetable, mm-hmm. I cut up some carrots. I cut up onion. I cut up um, carrots, broccoli, uh, courgettes, like a bunch of different things. Some like a few, maybe one or two types of onions. Just that kind of thing. Chickens, spices. Um, yeah, and and my goal. So they said around thirty would be really good to start, and fifty is really where you want to be. And try introducing new ones. Mm-hmm. So try new things. I think so. I thought that's a fun challenge. Okay, like take notice. Okay, I'm gonna try and do it this week. I mean, I totally believe in that. Also, like I already do that just in general because I'm like, okay, I feel like I've had this moment in my life where someone like really impacted me. They said to me. Your body is like a car. You need fuel to make it run well. Like if you yeah. can have something else, that will make it run. But if you don't use like premium or whatever, it's not going to make it run properly. And so it was like fruits and vegetables. Like you could eat pizza the yeah. whole entire week and that'll be fine. You'll still like function, but you need to eat the right like fruits and vegetables, which have all these micronutrients. And that'll make you like, you know, work properly and everything in your body work, you know, in harmony, so to speak. Yeah. And your hair will look better. All these different parts of your body will look better, your skin. And so I was just like, oh my God, yeah. So like that, I always think about that. I'm like, okay, if I go a week and I feel like weird, I'm like, oh, that's because I didn't eat that many fruits and vegetables, which are like the micronutrients, you know, that are helping you feel even better. Exactly. Totally. I'll try and do that though, to see how many different ones I can do. Because I I always stick to the same ones, which you know, like peas, a salad, I eat spinach like every week. 
But like, you know, you get into that thing of like, okay, I know what I eat and you just keep doing the same like yeah. five meals like on loop. Yeah, try to um, really try to add more stuff in. So for instance, my salads, I tried to do at least three different types of lettuces. So I did a, mm-hmm. a romaine, I did spinach, I did kale all in one. And then just literally try to add as much as you can. This isn't a vegetable, but I think all this stuff still it goes along with the idea of it of like, I add a little bit of nuts in, I, I try to, or some seeds, just adding little bits of things. Even if it's a tiny bit, it doesn't have to be a massive amount. It could literally be like the size of your thumbnail, even just a little bit. That's the introduction that your body needs and get creative. And then also try new things. Go to the supermarket and test out stuff you never tried. That's so funny also that you say like that. I always go for the bag of lettuce that has the different ones in it, you know, but yeah. It was so funny when I was with my friend this weekend, we went to the uh, grocery store to grab lettuce for a salad and she grabbed iceberg and I never get iceberg. Like I love iceberg. Oh, it's like it's got that crunch. But I'm like this. Does this have any kind of like nutritional value? It has no value. <laughs> yeah. And so I thought it was so funny and she's like very healthy, but it was just so funny to me. Yeah. Interesting. Definitely. I'll continue my mixed bag of lettuce. Yeah. Check back. We'll see. Because because it's apparently supposed to help you be able to really digest more so see see how you feel well yeah what have you been thinking about this week talk to me I was thinking about how like we've become our parents like we're at that age where we're like starting to become like not exactly but you know what I mean okay I just saw this really funny thing where someone was talking about the good old days and they're like oh they just don't make music like this and it was like playing like 2000s music or something I think it was like Neo or something and I'm just like I'm pretty sure our parents would be like Neo is not peak music (laughs) You know what I mean? So I was just, I, I, it just made me laugh so hard that I was like, we finally, we've reached that stage of life where we're like, oh, like our, our high school years, like the music that we associate with high school and with like junior high is now our peak peak yeah music and like movies. And I saw someone like, oh, they don't make, you know, rom-coms like they used to. And it was like something like, I think it was like Easy A or something. And I'm like, that is also probably arguably not peak movie i mean i love that movie but oh i hated that movie really oh, i liked I it i really did yeah that's so funny but exactly so that's what i'm saying i'm like i'm pretty sure we could argue that this is not peak yeah artwork or you know their cinema you know but it made me think like what is it about humans that makes us want to think about the good old days you know what i mean and like reminisce okay i have a slight tiny tiny theory okay it's it's not so specifically on the reminiscing part but it is on, because I feel like most people look back mm-hmm. and it's a specific time in their life. It's always, it always tends to be either junior high, high school when you're young or like your 20s. Yeah. And I feel as though, and I don't know if this is like a real thing, but I almost feel like that's where our memories and our mind are at its peak stri- like strength, I guess, if that makes or like sense. Like creating memories or what do you mean? Yeah. So, you know, even if you think about, right, we joked the other day because we couldn't even remember what our episode was from last week, or even if we would have asked you, like, if we speak about it in an hour, will we remember what we said? Probably not. Right. Yeah. So we start to have literal memory loss. And I feel like maybe there's something in just where we're at, at these periods of our life where our minds are literally the strongest and Mm -hmm. we're most sort of susceptible and our minds are also still growing to the point where we're really absorbing, absorbing, absorbing and making, formulating our base thoughts or sort of base who we are. And so maybe in those formative years, it kind of sinks in again. Maybe this has to do a little bit with like your subconscious and when it's when your subconscious sort of stops and where your critical thinking starts. But I feel almost like because this period is where we're really growing and our minds are growing and absorbing as we as many people say like oh you have to be careful what you say to kids cuz they just absorb everything yeah i feel like we stop absorbing and we stop almost being willing to take in new information at a certain point of our life as easy as it is when we're younger cuz that's just what we do yeah and so maybe it is that that becomes like our 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 kind of this is our norm like this is what this is who we are this is what we like this is what we love these are our memories and we always to kind of go back to who we are because that's the most prevalent, the strongest amount of information stored in our subconscious. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. 
Now I'm going to go research like about the psychology of memories and stuff after this. Validate if there's anything. Yeah, as we get, as we become adults, we definitely get more set in our ways and we don't try new things. We don't change as much. You know what I mean? Like our personality is like pretty much formed. So maybe, yeah, we're like relaying back to yeah those other earlier times in our lives. But also like if you just think about it, like, like this is not about when the memories are formed, but more of the fact of us un- enjoying reminiscing because it's like you're reminiscing on things that are actually happy. You know what I mean? Like, and that's like a good memory. So like when you reminisce, yeah. you're like, oh, that was fun. It makes you feel good in the moment. Feeling nostalgia is normally like a happy thing. Yeah. You're thinking about happy times. You're not nostalgic over sad times. So I don't know. I've I've been nostalgic, I think, at times where I wasn't always happy in that moment. But it is, it's sort of like, oh, but remember, like, oh, remember when we did that thing? Remember, remember that horrible breakup? But oh, remember we bonded, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to go research it more after this because now I want to know why we like think back to things. It could be too like that period of time also <laughs> is where we have probably the least amount of stress when it when we think about all this stuff compiled as adults. It's kind of our most free time, our most we have more fun. We we have the freedom to sort of just be kids, to be young, to be exploring and trying yeah. things. And so like now in adulthood, we obviously will look back probably like 20, 30 years and be like, oh my gosh, remember how young we were? How funny, like remember these times? Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. Like it's not even back to the old, like it's not even to our youth. It's just, I mean, it is to your youth because if you look back and you're obviously younger, but you don't always look back to your adolescence. It's just back to another time that was before, you know, yeah. in the past, but probably because you know, like the outcome. So it's like comforting knowing that that was a happy memory. So you just know how it played out. That's an interesting point. So you're like thinking back to something that you knew happened. Because mm. I could think back to like three summers ago. I'm like, oh, that was the best summer of my life. Blah, blah, blah. Like it's so fun. Probably because I already know how it, how it ended, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. So like maybe right now, me and you creating this podcast are also in one of our best times that we're going to reminisce. It's like, oh, remember when we were just starting? It was so easy. It was so blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And we'll like reminisce to this because like looking back in hindsight, we'll be like, oh, we know how it ended up. We see the journey. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to read about this later. Well, it's always easier to look back than to be where you are, I feel like. Very fascinating. I'll report back. Yeah, please do. See how right I was. Speaking of sort of looking back, these journeys as we are on as people, as women in our 30s, I actually was, there was a, something that came up the other day. Coincidentally, on the same day as all these other fun tidbits I've been sharing. Mm-hmm. But um, as I said, you know, me and my friends, the friends that we that I meet uh, and we do lots of sleepovers and stuff, we tend to obviously have a lot of deep chats and it's always really nice. Um, and I ended up being there on the Saturday with my one friend after the other one left. And we just chatted for a while all day. And She's kind of in a a place where she's debating maybe moving to a different country and kind of trying and starting something new with her her family, her little family that she has. We just were talking a lot about where we're at in life. And I I just thought this was such a really interesting point where we we both um, are kind of have similar journeys we've been on with partners, with our own personal growth and just kind of being in spaces where we're sort of uncomfortable and transitioning on areas where we kind of want to not even want to but at times we've sort of been forced to have a change of mind or let go of previous beliefs and thoughts and patterns and things like that (laughs) and we, we were just talking about how you know we both feel like we're growing into a different space and sort of like ourselves as we know it now are a new version it's our old selves are sort of dying and what we what we were talking about was just the challenge that you face that I think a lot of people probably can relate to really which is that you know when you when you start growing you know especially in our 30s there's so many things that as as kids we we were known for or you know our family our friends sort of associate things you do things you think things you say it's really challenging once you've kind of come through and you sort of are a whole new person, mm-hmm. being able to let go of and know how to proceed forward with the same people that you aren't going to let go of. Like you, you don't want to let go of your family, you know, but there yeah. might be things you don't want to do you know, anymore or 
you know, and I, and it was just, we were talking about how tough it can be to, to basically grow and be, and kind of outgrow some of the thought patterns and beliefs, but then still have to be intertwined in some of the things, people, whatever it is that you let go of. So it's, so I guess it's interesting. And I, and I wonder if you have any thoughts or advice or anything, I don't know, just. But what did you guys get into? Did you guys talk about like the difficulty of, is she out, or are you guys both outgrowing someone specifically where you're like trying to distance yourself or is it just happening naturally or? I think, yeah, I think it's both. I think certain relationships, especially friends or family, uh-huh. some people you just are like, they're going to be in my life forever. But you might be potentially growing, outgrowing or sort of growing in different ways apart a little bit. So maybe you're not the same people you were, but you know, regardless, these people are going to be in my life. And regardless of whether they have this thought or that. And really what I was thinking about even is like, you know, obviously in the States, <laughs> being on one side of a political spectrum is so, it's so polarized these days. And we really struggle to be able to be friends with still or know how to be around, operate with people who sort of have a kind of conflicting or different opinion than you do. But these people are your really good friends or family or whatever it is. And so if you sort of think about it like that, that's sort of what we're talking about is like having acceptance that like, okay, we're not the same, but Mm -hmm. this is always going to be someone in my life. And this is someone I'm going to have value for, you know, and, and have time for family, friends, whoever that is, but struggling to sort of, how do you, for instance, we talked about gossip the other time, the other day, and, you know, maybe hypothetically, I've decided I don't want to gossip anymore. Like that's just something I don't want to do, but I love you. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to find a way to still connect with you. But maybe we used to like that was our thing. We were just big gossips and we we had so much fun doing it. You still want that bond, but you don't want to do that behavior anymore. But there's this feeling that you feel like your friends or those other people around you who sort of maybe outgrown your behaviors or thoughts will judge you because to them, that's not you. Yeah. I feel like it that happens in situations where like, this is like me trying to process what you're saying. Yeah. It's complex. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, but like, okay. So there's like a few different scenarios, right? That, I, that are coming to mind. There's people that you just outgrow and you just know you've outgrown them. Right. And you're like, yeah. okay, this person, like maybe it's you, you, you and your, in your heart know that you've outgrown them. But like they're present in your life or like they're in your friend group or something. But you're like, okay, I want to distance this this person, even though they're in my other friend group. So they're still going to be around. So how do I like kind of distance myself? But you you know, you want to distance yourself, right? Yeah. So it's kind of just like you start to not make as many plans with them. And it's it's like easy for you in a sense of like, I you know that this person does not, you know, fit the future you. Yeah. But there's the challenge of like, how do I distance? So you're just like, okay, I'm only going to hang out with them when they're in this group. And yeah. Then, and then you kind of. If you know, like, for example, if it was gossip and this person's in that friend group, you'll just kind of tune out of that conversation or you just be like, yeah. And you won't engage with it, you know? Yes. Like, that's, yeah. I feel like that's easy. You know what I mean? That's like the simplest. Yeah. But then there's other people where it's like, okay, this person was your best friend and you just see that there's things that they do that don't align. That's the difficult one where you're like, I know I don't want to hurt this person's feelings because it's not that they've changed. It's that I'm changing and I don't know how to let them down. Yeah. Like that's the difficult one where... That's it. For me, that's it. Yeah. That's the hard one where you're like, how do I phase this person out of my life who was once like in my everyday life? Like that's where I would see the challenge, which I don't even know the see, answer to I that. See, but I don't think it's it's not necessarily about phasing them out. It's more like, let's say for instance, we used to do a I hate men party on Valentine's Day, who knows, let's just say fictitiously uh-huh. that we have this I hate men party and you maybe have feel so different, but that's still like, they feel really strong. So you're like, okay, I, I always was this person who planned it. We threw it together, but now like, this just isn't me. I don't want to phase this person out, but there's certain, no, but that's easy. Cause you just phase yourself out of that party. Like that's easy. I'm just saying, I think it's hard. Not though. I think it is. You just say, Hey, this doesn't align with my, like, for me, that's easy because it's like one specific event. But it's like, what about the judgment of like, oh, but you're, but that's like, this isn't you. Who are you? You know? But that's fine because you know you're you. You know, like that's, okay, this is what me, that for me is black and white. Like I know that doesn't identify, that does not align with me, mm. that specific party. So I'm out, right? I'll see you at other things, right? Yeah. The problem is when it's like someone who's in your day to day and it's not like some event or something. It's just like, say, say, say me and you, I'm trying to phase you out. Say like that. Where I'm like, 
But say you lived in Madrid, yeah. just to make it harder. Okay. How do how do I tell you that I don't want to hang out with you when we're used to hanging out every single week? We go shopping, we go to cafes, we go to dinners. Like, yeah. how would you phase that person out when you're like, I know this person, like I can't change them. Like I've already, I'm showing them like slowly my new values, my new whatevers. But this person still, you know, a good example. What? It's kind of like when people realize their friends are really negative. Mm-hmm. It's like you still love that person. But they're so negative and you realize that you need to be the sense around more positive people. Yeah. So it's like, what do you do in that instance where like some friends convert to family, no matter what they do, like near far, they will be there for you. But maybe in these instances, like sometimes being around them in a way or being around them a lot, you want to distance yourself because they're sort of getting in the way of who you want to become. Right. So the question is like, how do you, how do we, because I feel like this is so difficult yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you do that? That's why it's not black and white. It's like, how do you actually remove this person? You either have to like pull the bandaid off and just stop like replying or like say, I'll see you in group settings or like, hey, you can come to this or hey, I'm really busy. And then you just slowly say I'm busy every single time they want to hang out or I don't know. Do you think there's like a better way to do it? I don't know. I've had situations sort of like that where I'd be like, for me, it's just saying I'm busy all the time. Honestly, hey. I feel like if they were to ask me directly, I don't feel like I could be that savage and be like, look, I feel like we don't align with the same plans or I don't know. I don't think I could say that. You know what I mean? Maybe that is the more okay. adult way to go about it. But I, for me, that's could be hurtful and I don't want to be that person. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that is like, maybe that is the correct way. So you'd rather ghost someone out? It's not ghosting. Cause you're saying I'm busy. And then you, you can see them in like, maybe like once oh, every two weeks or once every whatever. And then maybe they'll just start hanging out weekly with the other person. I don't know. Dang. But Okay, so back to the other thing that I was thinking of in the same scenario, which is your family. I don't know how you would deal with that situation because yeah. that's people that, given that it's a, a healthy family dynamic, whatever, you know, those are people who've like been there for you unconditionally. And so that's another harder one because they're always there. Yeah. And you can't really just phase your family out. And it's, I feel like there's a lot of guilt that comes with like changing in front of your parents. You know what I mean? Like they put all this effort into raising you a certain way, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then you feel guilty when you don't, end up the same way that they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know how to deal with that kind of guilt, honestly. Like that, that there's still things I do to this day that I'm like, I do it because of my parents, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because I love them so much. And I'm like, I don't want to disappoint my parents because they're like... But that's the thing is like, what if that? What if there's certain things that you feel like you really feel uncomfortable continuing to do? Because you're not going to phase family out. Then I feel like that one is the, the pull the bandaid off. You have to rip... If it's something that you truly know 100% with all of your heart that this is who you want to be. You have to rip the bandaid off and you know your family's going to be there at the end of the day. Maybe it'll take months or a year or whatever for them to get used to the new you, mm. but they will come around. You know what I mean? You know they'll come around. And I feel like that's one of those situations where you just have to rip the bandaid off and be like, this is me, mom. Yeah. This is who I'm going to be. So sorry that you raised me this way, but I've done a lot of thinking over my whole lifespan and that's not who I'm going to be. So, oh, another part to this, because it just kind of popped into my head and it's along mm-hmm. similar. I won't go into like the conversation I had with my friend, but it's a it's also about like, what if you have such drastically different beliefs as you grow and like learn different things with your family? And do you like, do you think, I don't know, I, I think about how do you, how do you even, do you even go about telling them trying to explain or do you just keep it to yourself? Yeah, otherwise you're lying to them. Say you're like, oh, I'm going to convert. Your, your parents are Christian. You're like, I'm going to convey to Judaism. Well, like you you can't just lie yeah. to them forever. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. You rip the bandaid off and eventually, like, otherwise you're lying to them. Yeah. What, you're just going to live in this like facade. Like that's also going to create like anxiety for you, hiding it from mm. them. Like obviously you're going to probably hide it until you figure out 100% and you have like all this conviction that that's who you are. And then you just go for it. You have to tell them. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to make yourself sick. Yeah. No, I get it. I I guess what's fascinating is what they don't tell you is when you grow and you're learning new things like constantly and we're always changing. Some people don't change at all. You know, some people really have their ways and they're, they're set in stone from beginning to end of their life, you know. But I feel like when people really work on themselves and they're trying to learn and understand and unlearn and all all these different areas, yeah, it's actually so hard to then reintegrate into the life you've lived or the person that people know you as and still feel comfortable. But that's not on you. That's not your that's not your problem. People's opinion and their like conception of who you are is not like that's not on you. That's on them of 
thinking that you're still that person. You know what I mean? You're dropping bombs, girl. <laughs> like, like I said, like there's guilt that comes with that of being like, oh, I've been this person. I feel bad. Now I'm changing it up. But like, you have to be true to yourself at the end of the day. Like, that's so hard. I'm not yeah. saying it's easy, but otherwise what? You're just going to be living this life for forever or like this life that other people want you to be and you're living up to their expectations. Yeah. And that's the same with your family. That's why it feels so guilty because like your pe- family has been there. Granted, you've had like a good relationship with your parents. Your parents have been there for for you and they've raised you this to be this person and then you change it up on them and then what? Like they're going to feel disappointed. Yeah. But it's but again, that's on them and they'll eventually, I feel like most parents will eventually come around. Yeah, that's helpful. I'm not saying it's not hard. It's you got to live, you know, authentically to yourself. I guess the process is just, it can be cha- painful and challenging and sometimes difficult to navigate. Humans are very social creatures. So we want to, you know, be in with our family and we want them to accept us. So yeah, of course, of course it's going to hurt and it's going to be scary and it's going to be hard to not be accepted because like that's all you want to be accepted as a human. You We all pertain to different social groups, but like if it's not this one, you'll probably be accepted into another one, even if it's not your your family pack, so to speak, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely challenging and I don't have it all figured out and I definitely like have things that I like would be afraid to tell not like afraid to tell my parents. So there's things that you like, oh, I, am I ready to do this? Am I going to change it up? Or like, you yeah. know, and like things of like living a conventional life, how society tells you just, you know, we're constantly, you know, faced with all these challenges. Yeah. And trying to figure out where we fit in. That's some good insights. That's why we're uh, pretty sure, but never clueless, as they say. Right? As we say. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah, as we say. <laughs> Um, well, I have one thing before we do a fun little, uh, task. Do it. It's just a really, a really interesting fact that I uh, saw the other day, which was, um, did you know, I thought this is really, this actually blew my mind as well. Did you know that caterpillars okay. in their cocoon stage release a self-digestive enzyme mm-hmm. that turns them turns their body into goo. Gross. And so when you see that cocoon, if you were to poke a hole, goo would just come out. And Georgetown just came out with a study that once that goo happens, they rebuild themselves into what they become, which is a beautiful butterfly, but they retain the memories. The goo retains the memories from the caterpillar so when they're butterflies, they still have the memories before they were goo. Oh, well, that's crazy. How crazy is that? That's insane. I know. Where did you find this fact also? <laughs> I saw it on somebody's Instagram page. Okay. Interesting. Super random. I know. I know. Because I think the Georgetown study just came out with this, that basically okay. they retain memories. But we... we I guess most of us didn't know that they turned their body into goo in the middle of that stage and completely recreate themselves. And I just thought that's sort of like a really cool, again, if we were leading on that whole thing that I just said about kind of dying to your old self and becoming something new, like you still have all of that part of you. There's still parts of you, but you're something new. Okay. I'm still also hung up on the fact that uh, like caterpillars have memories. Like what are they remembering? Like, what are they thinking about? I know. I also was like, how do they test their memories? Like, well, yeah, exactly. Like, how do they confirm this? What did the study do exactly? Yeah, hilarious. You know? Like, I know, I know, I, I make, like, test rats and that makes sense. But yeah, this, I was like, interesting. And also memory. Like, what What are these memories? Yeah. Yeah, what are, they, dream, what are they dreaming of at night? Yeah. <laughs> are they aware that we're around them also? I think everything's aware of everything. We just don't okay. have the ability to understand on their level. Yeah. I th- honestly, everything's living. Like, it's probably everything- also perceived in a different way. Yeah. I mean, think about plants have a memory. True. So why wouldn't a living thing? But it's just fascinating to actually reduce a butterfly down to something that genuinely has memory. Yeah, crazy. I think it's fascinating. I know. I thought that was really fun. Okay, wait. Since we're here with the random topics, I also have like another random topic that came to my mind. This is also just really random. Would you be... The strict parent or the lenient parent? This is so interesting because I thought, okay, knowing who potentially could be my partner. Yeah. I think I'd be the lenient one. However. Yeah. When it comes to work as a manager, I don't like to be micromanaged, but I tend to be a little bit harsher with people when I I want something done and I feel like it's not happening the way I want it. Yeah. So I feel almost like I might accidentally be the strict parent, but I still think I would be less strict than 
who I'd parent with. So let's see. It, it okay. depends on who I'm married to. I thought about it that, yes, it depends on who you marry. But I know that I want to be the lenient parent. Like, I want to date the person who will be the strict parent Why? so that I can be the fun parent. I don't know. Like, I know I'm very strict. Like, I hold everyone in my life to, to high standards. Like, I'm very strict with my friends. But I don't know. I just want to be that person. Like, I want that dynamic with my partner that that person can be the strict one. Can I ask you a serious question? Yeah, okay. How are you going to turn your personality off to do that? No, I just need someone who's even stricter than me so that I can be the fun one. So, so it seems perceived strictness. So, yeah. To my children. Yeah. So you seem like the good cop because the other one. Exactly. Because the other one's more strict so that, that they're the one who's doing that whole role. Okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like one has to be the more fun one. Or you're the one like conducting the behind the scenes, like see this thing, go get them. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, do you want a cookie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I want the other person to be the one who's enforcing all the rules that we both mutually agree on. But they're yeah. the ones who's enforcing it. Like, obviously the parents, like I think par- in parenting, you have to agree on usually how you want parent, to yeah. raise your, yeah, how you want to parent. Yeah. And so you both are aligned on those rules. But then I want to be the one who is the one who's like more, oh, yeah, today, yeah, sure, we can get ice cream. But like every other day, it's like, no, you're eating broccoli and chicken. Interesting. Yeah. How do you think you go about finding that? Probably just someone who's super disciplined. You know what I mean? And then just hopefully like they also have they also want to like hold their I don't know. I Yeah. TBT. TBT. To be determined. Sorry. But do you mean TBT? (laughs) Not throwback Thursday. (laughs) Sorry. TBD. But I hope that I find someone who's slightly stricter and like very disciplined and then they're the one who can be that person. But I was thinking about it. I was looking at my mom and dad like now when, as an adult, I know my mom is super lenient. Who is the strict one then? Sorry, I know my mom is super strict. Yeah. Okay. But like as like with my with my dad. Oh, okay. Like she's the one who wears the pants. But with me, she was always a lenient parent. Interesting. I would always go to her if I was like, oh, but can I please sleep over at someone's house? And she'd like yeah okay my dad would be like no not tonight and my mom would be like it's okay like come on so like I know she's the she's the one who always gave me like you know she was the lenient one but my dad is like a goofball you know what I mean so like yeah. knowing him now as, as an adult yes yes so yeah yeah so like you know where he doesn't have to like give you a strong hand anymore exactly but can I ask you because you want somebody you've mentioned that you want somebody who's like super fun and that you're laughing with all the time yeah don't you think that that personality would be more like lighter yeah maybe hopefully hopefully you know? it's like my dad my dad's funny and so hopefully yeah, just no. once it's with the kids your he, dad is like the nicest guy ever he's so sweet exactly but he was the strict one growing up interesting yeah so hopefully maybe i'm just trying to like mirror my parents relationship somehow and be like oh i like i'm gonna marry someone who's like goofball but then in the dynamic of being parents they're gonna be like okay now i'm in charge and i'm saying no to everything do you think it has anything to do with like masculinity and him being like the the father, like the head of the household role? Or do you think it was like, because your mom is more of the the pants of the relationship? I don't want to, I don't know if you say like that exactly, but if she is, like maybe he felt like he could exercise his domain of being that authority with kids. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Like needing to ha- exude that somewhere in his relationship if he if he wasn't the one in the relationship. Yeah, I mean, okay, like I don't, I'm not saying like he's not like you know masculine with my mom no, yeah, as well. Yeah, but I feel like it's it kind of just comes down to like the happy wife, happy life, like where the woman you know secretly is in charge of everything. You know what I mean? Where she's like yeah. the one who has to be happy and like chilling, so she's the calling the shots. Like my dad was the breadwinner in our family. You know what I mean? My mom hasn't worked for the past like 20 years, so yeah, he definitely has that masculine role in that sense. Just personalities, maybe even sometimes just come out stronger. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Maybe. Well, talking about personalities. Yeah. Fantastic segue. I feel like we're really slooping in all these different directions. Um, Sloop. Yep. Made it up. Just happens. (laughs) Love to make up a word. Um, Love it. Yeah. Love the word sloop. I'm going to write it in. Love it. Let's get it. Urban Dictionary. Here we come. Um, Okay. So I saw this thing today and we basically want to do this new segment. Well, we've kind of started most of our episodes sort of have some sort of fun quiz or test, et cetera, to it. And so we thought we'd continue that trend and find something each week that we could do with each other that you guys can do along with us or pause and come back to and kind of do yourself. So we're going to do this thing. Do you want to tell them what it's called? Yes. Wait, but that being said, if anyone has any cool quiz or game or whatever that we can add, let us know. 
DM us and we'll we'll add it into a future episode. Yes, please, because we're mainly Googling this stuff. Always on the look. Yeah, we're always on the lookout. The lookout? <laughs> the look. I'm trying to rhyme with sloop. We're on the sloop out. L-U-W-K. Luke. The look out. Yeah, we're serving those Lukes. We are. Luke and sloop. So... Focusing no, you, now. You take the, you, this is your game, I know. so you go. I know. I was trying to pass the baton, but I'll take the baton no, no, back. No, no, It's all this good. Is yours. Um, this is a self-run race. So we are going to do a task called the Rainforest Personality Test. But Ali is going to read us basically the directions. So if you're listening now and you want to get a pen and paper, your phone, get your notes app out, you can do this along with us and write down your answers as we answer ours. Okay, so you have four pets, a lion, a cow, monkey, and a horse. Okay. You go into a rainforest, I guess. I, I feel like the rainforest is honestly r- not relevant, but it's irrelevant. like It's probably Anyways. like a remote, you're in a remote island, something like that. Regardless. Anyway, so you have to leave one animal behind. Okay. Off the bat. So, so should we stop there? Yeah. Okay. Leave one behind. Oh, you do this too, okay, by the way? Okay. We're doing this together, so you think. Okay, so it's a lion, a cow, a monkey, and a horse, correct? Yep. Leave one behind before you head into this rainforest. Okay. Are you ready to continue? <laughs> this is stressful. Yeah. Okay. Okay, what'd you leave behind? I left a lion. Okay, I left the monkey. Oh, I almost left the monkey, but then I thought, oh, it's cute, and it can sit on my shoulders and, like, climb up and get stuff, so. Okay. Oh, that's smart. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Why'd you dump your monkey? Um, I left him because I was like, if I'm going into a rainforest, I want like a ferocious lion with me. I was going to almost leave the lion, but then I was like, he come with me because he's ferocious. Wow. I didn't think that I left my protection. However, I was like, oh, it might eat me. So bye. But he's your pet. So he's not going to eat you. That's what I was thinking. Okay. So next. Now you have to trade one of them for food and supplies. Oh, I'm going to go with. Okay, I got it. Unfortunately, I'm trading the monkey because a cow is a supply and food. What about you? Okay, I I traded the cow because I was like, if I'm getting food and supplies in return, why don't I trade already what's food? Fascinating. Yeah. Okay, so now the two remaining ones get into a fight and you can only save one of them. Okay. Okay, I got mine. Gosh, I'm upset that I'm left with this one. <laughs> I'm so pissed off. Okay, so now tell us which one you have left. Okay, I have the cow left. I have the horse left. <laughs> How? What okay. were your last two again? It was it was cow and horse. Okay, I had lion and horse. But the thing is, because you traded for the food, you had the food, and because I didn't trade for the food, if I gave up the cow, I wouldn't have food, and I would just be on a horse riding. I just have transportation, but no food. But you also had food. You traded. We all traded something. No, I didn't. Oh, shit. Whatever. You already chose it. So you just chose that because you're stupid. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Everyone's going to see. So mean. Okay. So now it says that this tells us what we value the most. So Jordan values food the most. (laughs) Dude, that's such an accurate representation of me. No, it's... Someone who really means God. It said, if you ended up with a cow, you were either someone who is very frugal and careful with their money, or you are a hustler who is out there working hard for the money you earn. Oh, that's cool. I like that. So you definitely are not frugal. Let's be real. Yeah, I'm not frugal at all. So I'm a hustler. So you're a hustler. Okay, I'm trying. Yay. Trying to be. Oh, what was yours? What's oh, the horse? This is actually crazy. I like mine. It says, if you ended up leaving with the horse... You value loyalty and hard work. A horse is one of the most loyal animals on the earth. And since you chose to save it, you also reciprocate that loyalty. Oh, I feel like that's so you. I am definitely, I love loyalty. Who so, doesn't? But, but you more yeah, than but like, others. That's like one, of my, like one of my core values. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely agree with that. And then also hard work. Yes. Yeah. I believe in hard work. Oh my gosh, that's really interesting. Tell us what, for the listeners, what the other ones were, just in case they did end up with a lion or a monkey. Let's see. Okay, if you walked out of the forest with a monkey, you are someone who values friendship. You are one of two people. 
you are either someone who is alone and doesn't really have friends, or you are someone who has many friends and you understand how much friendship brings fulfillment to your life. Wow, that's a cute one. And then if you end up with a lion, you value protection or you are the protector. You like to protect your own energy as well as your friends and loved ones. You are the one standing up for people when they cannot do so for themselves. Interesting. That's so cool. I wonder how many people resonate with the answers. Yeah. Or or like, because I feel like lion, I don't know, for me, that that was one of the first two to go. Like that would be the obvious two for some reason. Yeah. But, I, Interesting. but I'm sure people have answered that and they left standing with the lion. So fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that was my second to last one. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe you are the protector or you value protection. I value protection. I'm definitely not the protector. I value people who are brave. I wonder if like from from like beginning to end of what you get rid of, I wonder if that maps onto similar things of, you know, how you have like your love languages and you yeah. might have all of them in some way, but they're ordered differently. Maybe this is sort of ordered differently. Like the first. What is if you had to choose only one love language, which would yours be? Uh, I think God, it's a toss up between touch and quality time, but I, I would say probably quality time. Yeah, same. That's mine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously all of them. Like, you, I feel like you can't have a relationship without all yeah. of them. But, but yeah, I definitely really appreciate quality time. Like if we had to never, if we lived in some weird world where we were all diseased and like we couldn't ever touch each other or the other person would die, we could still be together and have deep connection. Yeah. And being together would still have value. So like if all of our senses went away, that would be one I'd keep. Yeah. But also, have you heard that thing where you like you can't live without touch, really? Like, not that you're going to die. Yeah. But I was just like, okay, you actually maybe would die without touch. You probably shave years off, honestly. Yeah. They say that you need, humans need touch from other humans. I'm pretty sure it was like at least eight hugs a day. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. I yeah. saw that. And I agree with that. Yeah. I love a, well, I love a hug from my lover. <laughs> I try to like hugs from other people. What if I gave you a hug? It would be like fine. It would be. It would. <laughs> you did not seem convinced. No, it's just like I. I don't think. I don't think I feel as. I don't feel the same feeling I feel when I get an embrace from my partner, from a man, like my 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 person. That is so funny. You know, it feels nice to hug someone, but it doesn't feel like that ooey gooey hug. That's so funny. I love a hug from all my friends. Obviously, like, random strangers, no. And, like, people I just met, like, I don't care. But, like, my friends, I love hugs from my friends. But I don't see, at least with me, we're not, like, super big huggers. But you're the one who's not reciprocal, so I'm Uh, not the, you know. Oh, you force it. I mean, I'll take a hug. I'm trying to be more comfortable because I think that there is some kind of barrier for some reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is that I feel uncomfortable to a degree. Yeah. Even my mom. My mom has tried to, like, hug me, and I feel weird holding her body in my arms yeah i can already see it on your face i've, I've seen it i know your look <laughs> you, you've seen it yeah so i know your look i'm trying to work on it but you know those amazing hugs where you like bring them in you kind of have like the one arm over one arm under and you're you're fully locked in that's yeah a, that's a nice hug but there's nothing like a hug when the guy is on the top side of the hug yes yeah when both of his arms are above. And you're below, like... And you're yeah, below. Yeah. But, like, with friends, yeah, I like I like when it's even. One arm on both of us is above and one's yeah. below. I don't like being above or below with friends. Like, I feel like it needs to be... Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> it looks like little kid hugs where exactly. you they just go under that's, or yeah, over. Totally. That's why I'm like, <laughs> it needs to be, a, like, an X. We're mature. We, we, we split the hug. <laughs> that or a side hug, and that's still splitting, so... Oh, no, gross. Side hugs are gross. I hate side hugs. I know, I know. Side hugs are like, I don't want to touch you, but I'm like forced to touch you. So I, f- I feel like I hug my guy friends that way. Like I hug Wes like that. I've seen you. I've seen you do that. And I feel like it's cringe. Do you hug? Have you hugged him full arms? Probably. But I'm obviously below because he's like <laughs> six, seven. Yeah. Maybe I'm just being respectful to his wife. Okay. Now, now he's married. So yeah. But like before. I don't know. I think I always just try to, there's a certain barrier I want to create, especially with not with my friends per se, but especially like friends of opposite sex where... Okay, but they've been our friends for like life. I feel like there's like a different... That's a different category. You can hug them. Well, think about our, our other friend, our guy friend who reached out recently. He's he's like a he's like a squeeze hugger. I love a squeeze hug. I respect it. Like <laughs> just go for it. No, I, it's nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's just... I think I don't experience it with many people. Yeah, that's true. And also here in Spain now, I'm like... No, people are not hugging. That's another story though. 
Yeah, but just you guys they do the kiss on the... Two kisses, yeah. 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 Which is just another thing. That's cute, too. That feels, I mean, yeah, it's cute, but... That's quite intimate. But it doesn't feel that intimate because, like, I get where you can see it is, but it's not like lips are on the cheeks. It's like touching two cheeks. But it's so close. Like, for me, that's like my face. When anybody gets even a few inches of my face, I feel very weird. Yeah. Like you're in my bubble. And so for that, for me, especially, I don't know, seeing men, like men and men doing that, men and women, it does feel very intimate to me. No. Especially when you don't know the person. To me, it's not. Except for every once in a while, you get a person, usually men, just going to throw that out there, that will kiss your cheek. They will do the oh. actual, an actual kiss on the cheek and i'm like that's too much wow we need to just touch cheeks just i wonder what that feels like interesting it's just i'm just like oh how would you describe the personality of that kind of person like i feel like this guy is like a creeper it's okay it's a creeper like like not like wants to get away with it a little bit way too confident in himself like you know where he's like oh, i can just do i don't know that's my impression of those guys like that's just my preconceived notion that those guys who actually use their lips to kiss like it's so quick obviously yeah but i'm just like mm. He's like taking advantage of the situation, trying to push it a little bit too too far. Yeah, like he's gonna be the weird uncle. Oh thing, gosh, you know? yeah. even if they're like nineteen now, I'm like mm, he's gonna he's gonna have that weird vibe when he's older. But then you see some of those like cute dads or cute cute older men who are just very affectionate and warm. Yeah, that is true. That's true. Okay, so maybe not everyone. I feel like it depends on the person. I'm just gonna say ninety percent of them are the creepers, though. The ten percent, we we accept it, but yeah, we do. boom we did it again all right we Yay. are we are we are sliding quicker and quicker although you probably would never know because just so you guys know i edit sometimes two hours down to much much shorter so jordan is the real mvp i'll be putting in that that edit work yeah girl but yes another episode in the bag in the bagsies um it, do we want to do like a little takeaway from this this week this no, no? I have We're no gonna do that another I'm time. I'm just vibing. I'm just vibing through this week. Okay. I'm just vibing, man. I'm just vibing through the week. No takeaways. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Well, hope you guys all enjoyed another episode. We will talk to you on social media. If you have any good articles to share with us in regards to any of the topics that we've mentioned this week. Or any advice. Slide it into the DMs. Yeah, we, we're looking for some good advice. Yeah, always. Some of the tough questions, you know? Yeah, especially about family. Yes, please do. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show, our podcast. Follow us on our social media channels. Share with a friend. Definitely share with a friend. Again, we are pretty sure about a lot of things, but never clueless. We will see you next week. See ya. Bye. Bye bye. Bye.